Hello. Thank you for joining us for episode eight of the Gestalten podcast. My name is Eric, and I am here with my colleague Martin. Hello, hello. Hello, everyone. So, this episode, uh, we've got quite a lot of things to talk about because we're in the run up to Paris. Um, there's a lot of interesting things happening, but most recently, Martin, you were at a very interesting event this past week. Yes, I, Tell us I about was it. indeed. Um, for the people who are, you know, are listening to this in, let's say, California, this is nothing new to you. It's an event called Luftgekühlt, uh, which translates into air-cooled, and it's a pretty much it's a meetup of Porsche enthusiasts with air-cooled Porsches. Uh, this was actually the second meeting they had in Europe. The first one was in England, but it's the first one in the homeland of Porsche and it happened here in Munich and obviously I you know I couldn't resist of going I went with a bunch of friends and um, what's not to like about a Sunday you know a sunny Sunday morning here in Munich with a little bit of beer and some really really nice Porsches <laughs> yeah absolutely absolutely I mean the thing is uh, that's that's pretty much why all of us are in this business I mean not for Porsches exclusively but because we all have a passion for cars you know and Events like those, you know, honoring an icon in automotive history and just the general car design culture um, is, are, are, are fantastic events. I mean, and yeah, Californians, as you say, are, are quite familiar with, with things like that. But uh, you, you did actually see like um, a few things that were unique and that were obviously personalized <laughs> because that's what, that's what this event's all about. But you you also mentioned that seeing a, a singer for the first time. What was your take on seeing yeah, seeing I mean, that I, in the metal? I was I was I didn't even know that there was one. Uh, it was literally just wandering around, and uh, you know, like I said, I was with a bunch of friends, and we were like, "Oh, there's a singer!" Like, "Whoa, what, what what's that thing doing here?" Um, it <laughs> it happened to be an English registered one, uh, and. Uh, mm -hmm. You know, I apart from the rear, I mean, this was the first thing for me that you know that really jumped into my eye. I wasn't really one hundred percent sold on how they solved the rear. Uh, it was probably one of the nicest Porsches I've ever seen, and obviously, definitely in the top three uh, in you know in that kind of event on Sunday. Uh, very, very impressive, um, and especially. You know, we were joking a little bit about in the group over there saying just like, oh, you know, it's a bunch of the same car and everybody's going mental about it. Like, what's going on? But <laughs> um, but it was absolutely fantastic. The singer was very, very enjoyable. I was, there, was a, uh, there were quite a few people around it as well. Uh, it was a white one. I would say it was probably one of the earlier ones. Uh, that they uh, that mm -hmm. they did very very interestingly, but um, you know there were a bunch of roof Porsches. Um, you know the actual very very first prototype of a Porsche was there as well as a replica, not oh, as the wow. original one from the Porsche Museum, but as a replica that came from Austria. But it was drivable. That was really really cool. Um, as mentioned, I think in total it was three roof cars. Um, I don't even. I think the maximum I saw on one on one stand or something like that was in in Geneva where there were two and there were you know. Uh, there were actually four in total. I'm sorry, uh, four roof cars in total, oh. and uh, you know the Steve McQueen, uh, you know Porsche that he drove for one of the movies uh, that they filmed over there, where he finished ninth, and uh, there was a Carrera six as well, um, which was absolutely yes. fantastic. Yes. So it uh, one one does have to say, like you know, whatever you think about Porsches, and you know, regular listeners of the podcast will find out that or will know that I'm not the ma a major fan of Porsche, <laughs> but the whole environment was just absolutely fantastic. There was a lot of graffiti's around. Mm. You know, they you, you what you have to say is just the the location to you know take pictures was absolutely fantastic. I mean, even for you know the. Uh, the lowest level of photography that you can think of. There were great motives there. Um, and I'm pretty sure if you check on on Instagram in particular, you will see some absolutely fantastic shots of that event. And and that was really what made it a lot of fun is that they, they really made it for the people. You know, they put the cars in a lot, really, really nice location and, um, you know, a, a very a very big congratulations to the guys from Luftgekühlt because um, – Great choice of location, you know, great bunch amount of cars over there. And also it was just a bunch of chilled people. So it was uh, overall a really, really cool event. And everybody I spoke to, they were hoping to, yeah, that they come back very, very soon. Yeah, nice, nice. Yeah, I, I always love events like that. I mean, like I said, that's, you know, what we're all into it about. You know, that's why we're all here uh, working in this industry is because we generally have a passion for cars. 
be it large, small, Porsches, whatever. Um, and those, those, um, you know, just getting those get togethers are, are really important, I think exactly. for all of us. So, so let's, uh, let's, let's move on into, into something that is a bit more kind of mainstream or shall newer, we? And, a bit newer in that sense. I mean, yeah, yeah. Uh, this is what it has to kind of, you know, nowadays, I think this is one of our favorite parts of, uh, of the podcast when we talk about the new cars and, uh, in particular, you know we're very very close about two weeks before the uh, paris show mm. and we have seen a bunch of concept cars actually being revealed before the paris show in separate events um and uh, let, let's start actually before we talk about production cars which is going to be very interesting anyways but let's talk about concept cars and let's start talking about the bmw yeah. because we we saw some teasers we talked about the you know the kind of front uh in the last podcast a little bit but um now we've seen the full car we've seen pictures of the car and we were quite skeptical and how how are we feeling about it yeah no absolutely i mean when i first saw the snout which was one of the early kind of really pictures (laughs) um you know it was like a a still frame from the video that bmw released and um i was definitely not convinced on that concept from that perspective and i still i'm still not i still think they could do better from a front face um, I mean, that's what you see, you know, coming at you down the road. And, um, you know, I've heard it anywhere described from anything between like uh, a chipmunk to uh, to a pig snout. I mean, it's just n- nothing, not none of it favorable. Um, and I, you know, I mean, I, I really am not a big fan of where they're going with that, you know, front end treatment and that grill that, you know, how narrow it is, how tall it is. I didn't like it on the last concept that was shown over in uh in uh, Frankfurt last year, and I don't like it on this thing. But that said, um, I still do think that the concept itself has a lot of very interesting um, design elements, particularly from an interior perspective, from a detail perspective. So, yeah, I mean, I was actually pleasantly surprised by what it is that they put out. Uh, Save the front face, which I think is, uh, you know, quite frankly, an abomination. It's a shame because BMW has always been so recognizable in that front-end identity. Yeah. And um, they've just really, really steered far off course. 100% agree. I mean, you know what? I, I don't know why they stick to that weird color. I mean, we saw that on the Vision 100 of BMW. I'm just not a big fan, and I think it you know it doesn't really show you know as 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 much as you would have hoped, uh, at least in the press pictures that we've all seen. Um, I agree very very much on the front. Like you know, this is the biggest disaster uh, of the whole car. I think the actual body side is not that bad. Um, it's quite a you know bit of a development of an i3, and it's definitely going into a little bit of a more, more modern approach and stuff like that. But Oh my God, that front! I mean, you know what? What are those guys doing at the moment? Uh, interior, it kind of continues to be a trend a little bit in terms of you know what what we've seen over the past few months. Mm. Interiors are generally getting very, very good, very, very interesting. I think they're playing around with them a lot. Um, in the sense of BMW, um, you know, could probably be a little bit more adventurous, but in general, very, very clean interior, very, very like a lounge style interior that we've seen a lot. But uh, yeah, um, exterior. You know, as, as so often lately, mm. I'm not so sure. Yeah, I mean, I agree with you with, like, the body side, the rear end, like, the rear three-quarter is probably the best view from my perspective on that car. I, ha- I haven't seen it in the metal. The, 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 the pictures that are very artsy, so they've got these weird reflections. It's like yeah. they're renderings. They're not actual photographs. Um, so it's really hard to actually, you know, judge anything. I mean, everybody judges things by photos nowadays, but it's – it's difficult to, to, to really get an accurate reading when something's not in front of you, um, you know, and uh, especially under like natural light. But um, I, I think the exterior, you know, from a rear three quarter from a side profile is OK. Um, you know, it's 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 decent. The interior, you know, is, is very much following along with the current BMW I design themes. You know, you've got two yeah. separate kind of screens, this uh, very simple IP. Everything is very simple in the interior. But I think, you know, in terms of the technology, um, particularly this, uh, like, jacquard weave, where they have, like, interesting kind of, um, you know, lights, uh, you know, where you can write things into it and make certain movements within that, um, you know, uh, uh, material is, is something yeah. that's quite futuristic and quite interesting. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I'll give it to BMW. In, in terms of, like, you know, moving 
and, and I think it's quite progressive from that perspective, right? Um, obviously, it's still uh, an SUV typology, which is what everybody's doing, which is um, very much on trends. Uh, you know, that's what people want. So that's where you get the most space, etc. Um, I'm starting to get rather bored of these. Uh, yeah, SUVs. exactly. But, exactly. You know, what are you going to do? And one thing, you know, just to kind of wrap this up with BMW, this is a very, very personal thing. Uh, we've seen this before. I think it was on the uh, Vision Dynamics they've shown in Frankfurt. Uh, is this kind of removing, you know, the kind of idea of the kidney grill or kind of the motive of the kidney grill uh, into a window theme? Uh, if you if you look into the body side, you know, uh, there's these kind of little on the on the B pillar. It looks like they want to put in the the kidney onto the onto the side motive as almost like a graphic. Um, not a big fan of that. They, it didn't really work in the vision in the vision dynamic. Doesn't really work over here. Uh, I understand. You know, it's really nice for them to try this out, and it looks all right in the sketches. But when you actually see it executed, um, yeah, not not my not my favorite on this one. Um, but you know. That's you know we'll see how BMW is going to develop. I mean, as we've mentioned before, this is again a Ducatch car. Yeah, we still haven't seen a Caban car, uh, and I'm really really interested to see like you know what uh, Josef Caban has achieved with BMW once this first car is coming out. Uh, hopefully, you know, very very soon, maybe LA. That would be fantastic if they show something there. But uh, definitely very interested of seeing what Caban has uh, has been up to. Um, from that perspective, mm -hmm. but let's move on. Uh, we go from BMW to another big one, which is Mercedes. But we want—we don't want to talk about their car section this time. We actually want to talk about their commercial vehicles because they had a concept, what they called the Vision Urbanetic uh, concept. And mm -hmm. um, I have to say, I do love this idea. You know, design. You know, we can obviously discuss this in very much detail, but the whole idea behind it, I think, is pretty cool. Yeah, I mean, I you know, I agree. I, I've always liked the concept of a, of a modular vehicle. You know, I think it's uh, especially in terms of electric platforms where you've got all of the battery components and the drivetrain, everything within this kind of skateboard platform. You can pretty much do whatever you want in terms of the cabin above that. Um, but you know, it's while I I think it's interesting. You know, I love the concept of having a truck or a car, or whatever you want to yeah. put above it. Um, it's, it's not entirely, you know, uh, new. It's not like, I mean, Mercedes did a good job showcasing, um, their design language. It looks very similar to a lot of concepts that they've done in the past from a car perspective, be it Maybach, like back in the day, um, with this very fluid, very, uh, organic yep. style, um, top, which, uh, you know, they've, they've done in the past and also with the, The, the concept, uh, the, the cargo van concept, which, which is also uh, quite appealing. But if you look back, I mean, you know, to uh, shit, man, like 40 <laughs> years ago, <laughs> there, was, there was a car by Intel Design, by Gijaro, that was called the Capsula. And that was pretty mm -hmm. much the same idea, you know, a, a, modder, a modular vehicle with uh, a bunch of different uh, adaptations that could be made to a personal vehicle could be made into a fire truck could be made into whatever yeah, it is yeah. that you wanted it to be um and and an ambulance or tow truck or whatever and um you know i i, I like that you know um with a basic platform and so it's it's not entirely a novel idea you know it's something that's been done and mm -hmm. tested even by fiat prior to uh, Ital design i think um they came out with uh, a similar style of modular type vehicle so You know, I like the idea. I do like the thinking behind it. I like the fact that, you know, they're thinking about potentially having one uh, platform, which then you, you can put a whole range of different, um, um, you know, uh, bodies on it in order to suit. Yeah. Um, but uh, again, it's, 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 it's nothing new. And I'll get really excited once I see one on the road. You know? <laughs> yeah, I think, you know, what a lot of those companies, and we're not talking about, you know, Mercedes just in particular, but we're talking about the general kind of idea is, uh, in my opinion, they're missing out on, in, on, on infrastructure integration. Yeah, because oh. I think if you show this kind of concept, you have to come up with an idea in terms of, and you kind of, you know, get your, potential customers or kind of people interested in what you're doing with it. Um, and in particular with, you know, 
such a platform, almost like a skateboard model. Yeah, I think I've I've read that somewhere, like the skateboard and stuff like that. I did really, really enjoy that because once you put something on there, almost on like a Lego style system, um, how does this, you know, how does this work in a in 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 a futuristic environment? I mean, does every you know does does everybody have a pod uh, that then goes on top of that, and then you go to your office or, you know, how does it work? I mean, show us the 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 infrastructure. the the actual idea of the platform, if you've mentioned, is something very very simple, and I think mm. it, it is something that everybody could come up with. But this kind of idea about the infrastructure, how this could, for example, you know, uh, incorporate a house or you know a flats or something like that, or you know, can be picked, you know, put put two and two together in this kind of regards, also with logistics, uh, that would be really really interesting to see. And th- that's where I think you know Mercedes missed out a little bit. Um, I think they could have. They could have shown that idea a little bit in terms of what they wanted to do, but generally speaking, I mean, you know, uh, it looks good uh, from my perspective. I like that, you know, the, how the platform looks and how it, you know, keeps the design language of Mercedes going even in such an, you know, advanced concept. But uh, yeah, you know, there could have been a little bit more just to kind of make it a little bit more. Uh, you know, let's say feasible for a future environment, but you know, we'll, we'll see what they come up with. Um, they they have surprised us, but for me, uh, this was one of the better concepts that they've shown, re- you know, recently. But let's uh, let's l- let's move on yeah. because we're talking about uh, you know we we didn't call this a toaster, uh, but this definitely goes in 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 line of this kind of you know new generation that goes along with the Cedric and it goes along with. Uh, you know, with the Toyota 2020 Tokyo idea and stuff like that. Yeah, uh, also and- the e-palette as well. I mean, that that kind of leads us into the the, the next car, which is the uh, the Renault um, uh, concept that was very recently revealed, um, the EZ Pro, which is basically the same type thing, isn't it? Uh, you know, if we're left to our own devices and we take the Mercedes and the Renault. Um, and we kind of look at it from a practical perspective, which is the story that Mercedes failed to tell. Um, but if we, if you take the Easy Go and now the Easy Pro, um, it's kind of the same, like a very similar idea in that it's yes. a it's a it's a platform, um, and then you kind of put whatever like the like the the e palette that Toyota showed at CES last year. Yeah. Um, and and you make of the cabin what you will. Um, so I mean, if we're left to our own devices and, and we're, we kind of imagine a future where, um, you know, those platforms are kind of owned by the company and maintained by the company and autonomously moving around, you as an individual, as a customer could potentially buy a pod or rent a pod that suits you, um, and have that developed and customized to your taste, which is again, something that's very, very much on trends, and I will talk about that a little bit later. <laughs> but um, it's, it's it's something that I mean, we just every time that we record one of these podcasts, it seems like this is the trend that's just keeps going and getting stronger. Is the 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 um, personalization of one's kind of mode of mobility and having that uh, become like very much a part of them, uh, you know, and you mentioned earlier, you know, part of their home dwelling, if you will, an extension of, um, which would then be used in, in, in the, in the future. Yeah. So it's, it's something that's really interesting, but, you know, going back into a bit more detail about the, uh, the easy pro, uh, what, what, what do you make of that, uh, you know, from a design perspective? The first thing that I've, you know, that I saw, and they had something very, very similar on the Easy Go, uh, it's just those mm. those kind of wheels, or you know, whatever they would, you know, call them the wheel arches or whatever you want. Mm. Guys, what the hell? <laughs> Can you not come with something a little bit better? You know, when I look into the pictures, um, and especially at the one that is that is pretty symmetrical. You know, I do like that. It's it's simple. You know, it very very clearly shows. Look, this is for logistics, or it's something we you know for to transport, uh, to transport, uh, you know, a product from A to B. I like that. You know, it looks reassuring. It looks safe to me. Um, but the whole idea with with that kind of wheels destroys the whole thing. Uh, you know, we go from something that is very very simple that is you know that has a lot of shape it's quite round shapes uh to going for a wheel area that is you know just edgy it doesn't really make a lot of sense to me and it looks like they almost as like you know they, they didn't have enough time uh to finish that whole thing 
Um, and it was a very, very similar thing for me at the Easy Go. That's why I never got super warm with it. Um, and from yeah. from a pure design perspective, this, this this just you know doesn't make sense, and it makes it look. Um, from something that could actually be on the road in a couple of years' time to something that is just hideous, uh, and you know comes from almost like you know a uh, a Blade Runner style or something that is just completely over the top, like a movie set, um, but not something that I can realistically see. Uh, whereas most of the other parts of the design, you know, eighty percent of design is actually something that if I would see that on the road, it's like, oh, well, you know, that looks quite modern. I can live with that in our environment at the moment. So. Yeah, um, I, I I get where you're coming from with the whole Blade Runner thing, but that's I think that's part of the appeal. You know, it is what makes it look futuristic. I think if they'd put you know slaps like four wheels on there, it would it would not be you know the same impact. I mean, you know, we have to remember this is a concept car, sure. right? So I think you know the the ways that the a, a lot of the ways that they treated the the glass, for example, you know, like the front, like the windscreen. Um, the way they integrated the lamps and the emblem into the front windshield of the the vehicle, um, you know, and and the Renault lozenge on the side that acts as the as the door handle, as it were. I mean, it's these are all things that you know, having that cover over the wheel is something that is very much you know Blade yeah. Runner like, like you say, you know, very much yeah. futuristic. And one of the things that I do like about that is how they integrated the lighting mm-hmm. because it's not like you know, it's it's kind of like that that wheel cover then becomes the fender then also becomes part of the lighting fixture. I think, I think it's well done actually, you know, so I'm going to have to disagree (laughs) with you. The thing is for me, the the thing for me is, and I think, you know, this, if you, um, to all the listeners, if you, if you look into the press pictures and there's one that is particularly, you know, that makes me a little bit upset is the one where they have the uh, parcel service one. Uh, It's, you know, it's pretty much, branded in you know from a from a perspective of that company of that parcel delivery company mm. and when i see that and it's pretty much you know if if the wheels would be different or would be literally just not on this blade runner style i would almost believe you know this could go out pretty much tomorrow you know i i would not have a problem with seeing that kind of thing on the road uh tomorrow that's just a thing for me you know i think they're trying to sell something just like hey this could come next year and stuff like that and then we both probably disagree in the sense you know or agree in the sense that those wheels are very blade runner ish or like you know very Mm -hmm. futuristic so you're Mm -hmm. trying to sell it that it could come out next year um but uh, i i i just don't buy it because of that kind of wheel system uh in that sense Mm -hmm. and i think for me personally, and that's, I think, the biggest difference to the Mercedes one. The Mercedes one looks very futuristic. We all know this is not going to happen. There's much more infrastructure. The Renault thing, uh, you know, in, in in some kind of form, this could actually come out next year. Obviously, legislation and so on would have to approve all those things. But uh, that's that's what I mean. That is my disappointment. Like I said, you know, it doesn't for me it doesn't make sense in the whole picture. Uh, but if you if you want to you know sell something to me that can pretty that shows pretty much everyday life and how we can approve it already nowadays, um, that's just my you know my two cents on that one. But um, again, I think right. you know, right. in terms of the design strategy that Lawrence van der Nacker and all his team um, is moving into. I think this is the right step. Sure. You know, it's it's a refreshing kind of sign, and I really, really hope that they will be able to get something like this into production because I think uh, we can all be very, very honest. Renault has, show, has shown some absolutely fantastic concepts in the past, yes, but they've lacked quite a bit on the production side. So, you know, if we can really move into that uh, production level that they've shown in the, on the concept levels, you know, I think we would be all very, very happy with that. Yeah, I think it's always difficult to, uh, you know, get that going you know um yes of course the, the initial steps of course but he has you know under uh vandenacker's uh, leadership renault has really done uh quite significant forward strides in design i would say i mean not that Pat- patrick Kimmel wasn't it was just now it's just much more consistent we see you know the renault life cycle i mean even cars like the clio um are, are very appealing from a design perspective you know we've got the scenic i mean all of these cars are very much of a family, and um, I, I really like the, the the way that Renault is going. Yeah. But, so um, on that note, uh, so, so, let's move. Let's move into some production cars now, shall let's we? Do, do you do you want to do you want to start with electric, or do you want to start with the beauty? You can choose on this one. Um, I'm gonna I'm gonna go with alphabetical. <laughs> 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 I'm, I'm happy. I'm happy for you to lead. Go ahead. Go ahead. You choose. Look, I, you know, 
Let's talk about beauty. Let's talk about beautiful cars uh, for at least a little bit because, you know, we will talk about electric cars for so often. But my God, those Ferraris yeah. that they've shown. Oh, you know, you remember when we like last last episode when we discussed all these single seaters and we were just like, oh, you know, inf the Infinity one, you know, is so clean. Mm. And, you know, then we look into our, you know, into our email inboxes and we look into like, you know, uh, you know, the general kind of websites that you look into and we see those pictures of the Ferrari Monza SP1 and 2 mm. and they're actually production cars and they will be in a very, very limited series. Yes. And, you know, we've discussed limited series in the past, but my God, those are pretty, you know, <laughs> they have really done a great job over there. Yeah. Um, you know, I... I, I like the SP2. I'm not a big fan of the SP1. I don't know. It just doesn't really speak to me. Um, I understand the whole, you know, concept of going after, you know, the single seater, paying homage, et cetera, et cetera. Um, I'm just, yeah. I mean, for me, it's like, I don't understand the whole concept of, I mean, I do in a, in a much greater sense, understand the kind of romantic notion of having a single seat car, Yeah. Um, you know, for the racetrack and what it could potentially mean in the future in terms of, you know, if, if the world goes autonomous and, you know, the, the, the car then becomes a horse or, you know, something like, you know, that you use just for pure leisure purposes, which obviously this is, you know, the SP1 certainly would fit into that category. Um, but I mean, I'm not a big, I'm not a big fan of, it's like, you know, yes, the surfacing is nice. Yes, the way, you know, the shut lines, it's all very harmonious and, and, and et cetera. But, you know, it's like, um, I don't really see, I don't know. I mean, you know, I, I like what, what Ferrari's done. This is way more kind of back to basics, very simple and yeah. pure. But it's also yeah. something that, you know, it's like, um, it, you know, you can, this is a Renault Spider <laughs> in, in Ferrari dress up. You know, it's like, where's the, I don't know, where's the innovation? Where's the... It's just the fact that, you know, yes, Ferrari can come out with some really cool um, cars that are going to be limited edition. And maybe that's what Ferrari is about nowadays, you know. It's about creating a an aura where the cars that you see, you can't even buy because they're already <laughs> gone. They're already sold out. Yeah. <clears throat> and, and I think, you know, this from a design perspective, yes, these cars are very nice. They're certainly the romantic um, aspect of design. There's no question about that. You look at that and you're like, get me <laughs> into one of those because I want to drive. And that, you know, that is exactly what Ferrari is and should be about, I, I guess, you know, and that is very much what these cars say to me about. Now, the SP2 is something that's a bit more practical and that maybe it's because of the colorways. Maybe, I don't know. There's something about that that really, really um, yeah, I agree. hooks me. You know, I love that. I, I love I that SP2. But the SP1, it's like, eh, you know, I don't know. I don't understand why you would choose to have a Varqueta when, you. I mean, you don't necessarily need the second seat, but who the hell wants to drive around by themselves all the time, you know? I mean, sometimes you want to buddy or, you know, I mean, let's let's try to keep a PC here, but sometimes you want to drive around with the pretty girl in the passenger seat or, or be a passenger with the pretty girl driving around, you know what I mean? <laughs> that's exactly it and, and to be honest i think what where it lacks a little bit especially on the sp1 is if you see like you know how they covered um the um you know the second seat pretty much uh, where the second seat and the uh, sp2 is that looks a little bit cheap i think this looks a little bit just like oh you know we need to find a solution to close it down yeah um That's that would probably be my biggest criticism of the sp1 but i you know i agree 100 sp2 Absolutely fantastic. And I think the reason why it stands out so much is because it's the opposite of what we see with sports cars at the moment. It is not aggressive whatsoever. Mm. Um, you know, there is beautiful surfacing over there. It's almost like if you look at it from the front, it's almost like a friendly face. You know, it's nothing on this kind of, oh, you know, I'm going to destroy you or whatever kind of attitude uh, that we see nowadays with Astons, that we see with, the, you know, the AMGs and stuff like that, which is in, in the Lamborghinis in particular, but they've always been, you know, like that. Um, this is a, it's a friendly car. It's really, you know, beautiful and friendly again to the eye. And that's what I really like about it. You know, it's almost just like Flavio Manzoni said, 
oh, guys, you know what? They're all becoming this kind of super aggressive, uh, you know, companies. Let's do something a little bit more back to basics. And we're going to be, you know, uh, almost like Spider-Man, you know, your nice little neighbor from next door. <laughs> and obviously, when we talk about money, that's a different story. But uh, that's that's what I like about it, you know. Mm-hmm. And I think uh, big well done to the guys over there at Ferrari, especially for the SP2. Beautiful. Also, the colors that they've chosen for those kind of pictures. Mm-hmm. And um, we will actually see the car in in real life when we are in Paris. So I'm very, very, very excited for that. Um, they yeah. have already confirmed that they're going to show it over there. So that's going to be cool. Um, and we will, I'm very, very likely, you know, have some kind of uh, quick chat about it when we, when we talk about Paris later on, uh, what we're going to do there. But um, let's, let's move on. Let's move on to uh, the Germans. Okay, yes. yeah. We have seen, we have seen Audi, you know, finally, after like it seems like the longest teasing period uh, ever, <laughs> um, showing the e-tron, and um, we shouldn't really be surprised, but it's a bit underwhelming, in my opinion. Yeah, I mean, I'm inclined to agree. Uh, you know, the thing is, when you look at these types of vehicles, um, you know, particularly the electric vehicle, we saw Mercedes do it recently with that other um, whatever it was called, the first of the EQ range, EQC. Yeah. Um, that was, yeah. you know, it's just, uh, there's, there's so much kind of, in my opinion, there's so much potential for, um, you know, kind of moving the yardstick forward, um, in electric vehicle design. And it just seems like it's not being done now. I, you know, it's, it's, and, and I keep kind of coming back to this. It's like, right. Tesla, which everybody loves, which is huge, like, you know, just, in my opinion, somewhat overrated, but you know, um, yeah. it is a very you know powerful performance car. Um, uh, you know, but there's nothing really to write home about when you look at that car from a design perspective. Um, uh, you know, either model. I mean, you know, the X even is like I don't really like the way that looks flat out from a from a mm. high profile perspective. But you know, the the the. The, the the model s is ple- is is a very nice looking car I, I saw quite a few model threes when i was in california this summer and uh, you know that's not a bad looking car as long as um you know you can get past the front face because it's <laughs> something that i don't like but again it's like there none of those cars are rewriting anything they're not pushing the the design envelope in any way yeah uh, the tesla model s is arguably the best executed one and it's the oldest one in the lineup uh, but you know when when so when Mercedes comes out with EQC, when Audi comes out with e-tron, um, I don't know. It's it's like I you expect maybe a, a kind of leap forward from a design perspective simply because they have the capability to do that, um, which is why perhaps we feel a bit let down that they aren't pushing the envelope. You know. Yeah, and I think you know the the, the the situation for me personally is you can kind of understand they want to build it on a on a platform that they already have they want to minimize costs because they want to find out how do our customers and you know users react to you know our first electric car um i do very very much understand that but in particular you know with this e-tron now with audi uh, i remember when i first saw it i think they had this kind of teaser car with this kind of weird camouflage uh, decals in Geneva this year mm. and you were just like man this is just a Q5 you know <laughs> <It's> just, <laughs> um, and this is not even like you know it, it doesn't need to be a you know taken in a bad way because the Q5 is not a bad car but yeah. I think this this kind of development that you would expect in terms of you know what is um, the the new e-platform and I think they're also running a little bit against BMW because BMW started i and i was so different from the other models is that we yeah. maybe all expected oh you know what uh, if BMW does it then Mercedes will do it and BM- and and Audi will do it and Volkswagen as well but they have yeah. all moved towards the kind of slower strategy of saying we're using an, an existing platform and just change that a little bit um in, in in terms of a financial or an economic way, I would say, you know, that's fair enough. And I don't want to criticize them for that because it's probably the right thing to do. In terms of design, um, you know, it's just it's just nothing special. And, you know, if somebody comes up to me and says just like, oh, you know, but the side mirrors are now, you know, uh, pretty much cameras. It's like, 
Well, yeah, but that's not really a design innovation because a design <laughs> innovation would be to actually put it into the A-pillar and, you know, make it almost invisible. That would be design innovation and not the way they have it at the moment. No. So uh, it's obviously complaining on a very, very high level for us, but mm. um, quite a bit of a disappointment because it was teased so, you know, so much. And in the end, it's an electric Q5, which is all right. I think everybody can live with that, but mm. that's pretty much it. You know, not more, not less. Yeah. Uh, they have a, a couple of um, um, interesting kind of steps forward, I would say, in, in terms of the interior. I don't know how much it differs from the existing Q5, um, but I think you know it's 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 a bit cleaner, perhaps. Maybe has like more like lighting or elements. I don't know. Uh, I don't know how many changes there are physically from that. But you're right. I mean, from a mirror perspective, it's like it's very much a stopgap until. You know, they can get all of that into legislation and then, you know, we'll start seeing things because let's face it, mirrors are probably one of the single biggest areas that impact aerodynamics. Yeah. So, you know, car designers are always looking for ways to, to really minimize their impact on uh, just messing up the, the airflow around the vehicle. Yeah. Uh, but, uh, you know, I entirely agree. Um, you know, it's I'm left a bit feeling a bit lukewarm about this uh, vehicle because, you know, while I want to like it from a design or from a technological perspective, um, and, which I do, I, I want to like it from a design perspective, and it's just uh, left me wanting a, a bit more. Um, so yeah. anyway, on that note. Last but not least, in the regards of production cars, yes. um, and I think we can make this fairly short, <laughs> um, yeah. DS3 Crossback uh, that was revealed, and Let's say it, it. You know, we've had this this discussion when you were last over here in Munich, of course, and you said, "Oh, there's not that many DSs around, anyways." Um, I would no. like to predict that probably this one is not going to change that. Mm. Well, you know, it, it's again nothing really all that special. Uh, unfortunately, I really, you know, for a while, you know, DS was really doing well, in my opinion, where they carved out that you know specific. Uh, personal identity and they were going after you know luxury customers and you know really trying to elevate the the ds brand into remembering what original ds was even though well, the the market that they were primarily targeting had absolutely no idea what a ds was <laughs> so they have to they have to like ship one over there every time they were doing some new launch you'd always see an original like ds19 or whatever but um what's what's interesting about this brand is the graphics. I mean, you know, let's face it, China, you know, Korea, the Asian markets in particular are huge on graphics. And the DS, like, actually, you know, they've managed to harness that quite well. Um, so there's quite a lot of, like, interesting graphics on this car. I would definitely go for that, um, you know, and, and give it a plus in that regard. Now, you know, there's also some things where you're like, all right, you know, it, what is this kind of there for, for like the shark blade over the, yeah. you know, over the, the B pillar, things like that, you know? And, and I don't know, it's just kind of like styling in excess, really unnecessary, um, which is a shame because, you know, otherwise I think it could be a nice little car. But like I said, the other time when we were driving around and I saw a DS on the road in Germany, which I don't ever <laughs> see, I, I honestly thought it was a yeah. Chinese car. And, um, you know, that's, it's clear like where the market that they're targeting. And I don't really think, you know, from a marketing perspective, from a kind of design, um, you know, product perspective, I don't think that's what Chinese people necessarily want. I think what, what Chinese customers really want, and I think why they were buying into the DS brand and the Citroen brand in the first place, is they wanted yeah. Frenchness. They wanted the yeah. Louis Vuitton bag, you know. Uh, and And now it seems like, DS isn't giving that to them. It's instead giving them what yeah. they think they want. And that is, uh, that's a shame um, because I, I don't know if it is what they want. I really, you know, honestly, I don't know what sales figures for this, um, for DS are, are um, you know, globally or in, Ch in the China market in specific. In particular, I, I don't know. But uh, I do know that it, it would be, it's a shame to see kind of DS diluted into this product that, um, you know, is, is very much following. It's not this, there's no longevity to this design. You know, it's, it's not something that is timeless. It's not something yeah. that's going in five years. You're going to be like, Hey, mm -hmm. still great and fresh. 
Um, I think it's going to age rather quickly yeah, because they're trying unfinished. to follow too many trends. I think it just looks but unfinished. That, you know, there's that. so many. Yeah. Uh, it's almost like, you know, you had a front that you liked, you had a body side that you liked, and you had a, a rear that you liked, and just put it all together without <laughs> really matching them, you know, without making sure that it all works together. And mm-hmm. that's a shame. Um, but uh, let's be very, very honest. You know, the question is, you know that 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 comes from that how long will we will we continue to see ds you know because i think it's it's somewhere lost in between you know uh, peugeot and citroen uh, to be very very honest and the question is you know they haven't really been yeah. able to really set it onto that kind of premium level or the luxury level um so either they're going to change that and they're going to give it another shot or they will literally just say you know we're going to we're going to let it die out uh, as its own brand um, because i don't think it's It's profitable enough for them. It's not successful enough for them. And, yeah. uh, I think you know we're both very, very on the same page. I'd rather buy a, a Peugeot than a than a DS. You know, the Peugeot looks compared much better. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, I, I I wouldn't disagree. I mean, one thing that DS has always done well, and it's it's a shame that the exterior design, which is what ultimately draws you in in the first place, isn't communicating that. But The interiors I always find are, are really very, very well done in terms of material use, in terms of colorways. I mean, um, you yeah. know, DS has always kind of used this uh, uh, pattern, um, you know, uh, with uh, yeah. be it on the seats or in again, very graphic, right? Um, carried over into the interior, and and I think the interior, particularly with like the um, the HVAC buttons and and all of that kind of laid out around this lozenge-shaped um, IP uh, vents are, are quite, you know, it's, 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 it's nice. It's novel. I, you know, I haven't sat in the car. I haven't had to use mm-hmm. those buttons. I don't know what it does, uh, if it does work well ergonomically. But I like, I like the fact that they're trying something new and that, you know, hopefully they'll find their own way. But uh, as far as, you know, what they're doing in terms of exterior, it just it seems like they're – They're chasing the trends too much, too often, um, and they really should just define yeah. a pure kind of and and again French, if you will, quote unquote, uh, design identity, which would be um, you know followed throughout the range yeah. and and communicate communicated throughout uh, the markets that they're targeting. Um, you know, I mean, if 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 China China is the biggest market in the world, right? We all know that. We all know how important it is. But you know, Europe is—it's very important to have that kind of foundation in Europe or in the U.S. in order to become successful in China. Still, yeah, um, you know, they still look to the West to see what it is that we're exactly. buying and what it is yeah. that we're doing before um, they 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 jump on something. It's almost like you know they're seeking. Uh, so it's it's it, yeah. I mean, I do hope that the the DS brand lives because there are a hell of a lot of good people over there at that company, um, and you know, they're all excellent designers on their own right it's just i think they need a bit more of a, of a clear direction you know exactly and in in this kind of note you just mentioned the um the psa designers which of course is the parent company of of ds mm. and um l- let's move on to you know uh, let's say people who have moved on to new yes. positions very very recently uh, and then we get into our main topic Yes, um, yes. But there's only only one pretty much that, you know, is notably that we can talk about uh, and that we want to talk about, which is actually, you know, Citroën Designs boss, uh, Alexandre Malval, will be moving and heading up Daimler's uh, Nice studio yes. in the southwest of France, mm-hmm. uh, in the south of France, I'm sorry. And um, hey, what's not to like, <laughs> you know, what's not, to, what's not to like about sun and yeah. uh, having, you know, a little bit of sea around you? Well, I think it's a, it's a bit more than that, but yeah, I mean, you're absolutely right. You know, <laughs> it's uh, uh, you know Nice or indeed uh, Sofia Antipolis, where where this where this uh, studio is, is uh, a far cry from Paris. <laughs> I think we could all agree that it's uh, it's better for the spirits um, to to be down there um, near the Mediterranean. Um, but it's also a region that's experiencing a vast amount of growth in recent times, and you know, um, it's kind of it's very similar to what what happened in California with Toyota when they set up that first Calty design studio mm-hmm. over there in 1973. Um, and, and so Toyota has been in that very town um, in, you know, very near Nice uh, also for a very long time with their ED squared studio. So 
it's very much like there's a lot of things happening in that region and it's driving some automakers down there and there's more investment. Um, obviously, there's a lot of naval design going on. It's very near Cannes. There's loads of boat shows. And there's a lot of creativity and uh, Patrick Riquemont has his you know, um, design school thing going on down there. He lives down there as well. Um, it's it's a creative milieu, which is a you know, let's face it, a bit sleepier perhaps than um, than some of the uh, bigger metropolises, um, you know, uh, and and creative yeah. centers like you know, say London, for example. But it's it definitely has a great deal of appeal, and um, yeah, so it's it's very interesting to see that uh, there's more studios opening down there. Now, as far as uh, Alexandre Malval's move, um, you know, I don't, I don't really know exactly what, you know, how the conversation came about, um, but I do know that it's a, a good move for him. Um, you know, if he wants to go and, and take advantage of being down there in that kind of creative environment because of, you know, the whole, I mean, every designer is looking for something new, right? They're always looking to kind of make a change. And he's been at PSA for, yeah. for 17 years. I mean, you know, he's been working for French companies pretty much since he left university, minus a, a very short stint, I believe, at Volkswagen. Uh, but it was, you know, it was his time, I think, to really to really move on, um, you know, and yeah. still while still staying in France. But, uh, you know, I think it's a great opportunity for him I'm really interested to see what it is that he does eventually um, come up with. But, you know, there's there's some really big yeah. plans for that Mercedes design studio. Obviously, like you mentioned, it's going to be a Daimler design studio. So they're going to be working sure. on an assortment of different projects for brands within the Daimler group. So it's uh, it's a really a, a very exciting time in his career, yeah. a very exciting time for Mercedes as well. I'm really looking forward to seeing what uh, the fruits of that uh, – of that studio yeah it's good so congratulations anyway. good. Uh, absolutely agree and everything you said and um and i think this is actually like a good kind of you know a kind of transition into a topic i wanted to discuss with you because we you know th this has kind of been on my mind for a little bit and i don't really want to talk about advanced studios nowadays um or at the moment for what we, you know, what we're going to talk about here. Um, because I have a little bit of the feeling with everything that happens, especially with the, um, with the new electric, you know, let's say vibe that we have been experiencing over the past few years, um, that I'm always asking myself is, you know, are, are we somehow stuck in terms of car design? You know, is it, is it just that, you know, I don't know, that car design nowadays is just putting up a skin, you know, on engineering, you know, that, that, that gives you a package, you know, how much influence does car design have nowadays? I mean, you know, we had this kind of time a few years ago where we've seen a lot of car designers becoming part of board members and stuff like that. But I had a little bit of the feeling that in terms of an evolution, and I'm not talking about a revolution, I'm talking really about an evolution of car design. It feels a little bit to me that we are stuck and that there's not really a lot of movement forward, you know, especially with all this kind of, you know, electric types at the moment. And I want to really specifically talk about the production cars because I think, you know, concepts, that's one thing, you know, they don't need to be feasible and stuff like that from, you know, in, in every instance. But in terms of production cars, you know, it seems you look outside, you've mentioned obviously like, you know, the DS looking like a Chinese car, cars looking more and more similar, you know, do you, what do you think? Do you, do you think we are stuck or do you think it's just a lack of skill at the moment? You know, obviously, like I'm being very, very, um, you know, I'm, I'm exaggerating here, of course, nowadays in terms of the skill. But, you know, why do you think, you know, we, we don't have these kind of movements forward uh, that we had from like, you know, the 80s to the 90s or the 90s to the 2000s? Uh, all right. Well, you want my honest answer? Yes, always. You know, we're okay, always here. Okay. Honest, honest, <laughs> and straightforward. I, um, you know, I'm, I'm going to be frank and... Uh... I'm going to be actually rather blunt, but I think um, a lot of companies these days are just kind of lacking the balls. <laughs> uh, <laughs> you know, just, that's that's flat out what I think. You know, it's um, I think yes, you're absolutely right. I think we're we're kind of stuck in a rut where people aren't nearly as creative. Forget about the '60s and '70s, you know, '50s when you know there really was um, an amazing kind of like uh, you know fountain of creativity. Um, in the car design sphere, um, 
it's it's like you know the seventies, the eighties were rather dire. I mean, <laughs> with yeah. the boxes and whatnot. But nonetheless, I, I still think there were some interesting concepts that came out of those um, those times. Um, you know, particularly like in eighty four when you were you know the Renault Espace and things like that. Mm-hmm. You know, new typologies I find are significantly lacking in today's um, world. And you know, it's it's. It's also carried on into more detail and like more into surface treatments, more into, it's like, you know, people, and I want to use this, uh, this analogy that Chris Bangle came up with and shared with me on a video some time ago. Um, he was like, you know, talking about designers saying, oh, you know, complaining about the fact that they couldn't do anything new because it was like, you know, it was, and his analogy was about yeah. uh, music, you know, and, and, you know, how, you know, you can't come up with any, why can't you come up with any new music? Like, you know, like the 83 keyboard, the 83 keys on the keyboard aren't sufficient anymore. You know, like there's plenty of, um, kind of creative opportunity left. It's just that you have to be, you have to have the, the, the resilience and, you know, especially I, I think from like an upper management perspective, and this carries all the way through, um, to, to take a risk, to be bold, to go out there and say, oh, we're going to do this. We're going to do that. Sometimes it's not going to work. Sometimes, let's be honest, um, it's gonna it's gonna blow up in your face. But you never know. And I think the reason why we're seeing car design to be quote unquote stuck is because people aren't really necessarily taking those risks that um, you know perhaps you and I believe they should in order to to kind of move the game on. You know, uh, they found something that's working rather well. Marketing is like, hey, don't change it. Sales is saying, don't change it. We're selling a shit ton of these SUVs in the world. Uh, why are we going to, you know, change a successful formula? And I think, you know, it's, uh, that is kind of what put people in this rut where, you know, now we can't kind of move forward. And I think um, in terms of technology, there's an incredible amount of innovation that we've yet to see um, from a lighting perspective. I mean, from an exterior design perspective, even just talking purely from an exterior design perspective, the the technology that's currently available and coming to the fore, and you know, obviously not in automotive just yet, but shortly mm-hmm. finding its way into automotive application, um, is is really going to enable and and is enabling um, us to become to be more expressive and to show off uh, creativity a bit more. It's it's just a question of whether or not companies are willing to kind of invest into something that you know is still fairly new right it's not let's let's be honest i mean it's not like the fashion industry or even like the sporting goods industry like the fashion industry forget about it i mean it changes so quickly every season you've got something new um it, with the sporting goods industry yeah. it's every year you've got something new and with the with the cars it's like you know you kind of develop something it takes you five years then you know you do a mid mid cycle refresh then you kind of keep that on the shelves for another three years and i mean it's 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 a different kind of pace and um i think at the moment we're seeing companies just being too timid to go into experiencing and and uh, rather implementing something that is going to um you know create uh something new and something inspiring um I think it's just a question of risk. And, and that is a real shame because at the moment, everyone is also talking about experience, experience. And that is really how you're going to change people's perceptions, increase that um, level of experience that people can have with a vehicle. And indeed, that emotional connection, which is what everyone is striving yeah, for. You know, from you know, exactly what you have just mentioned, just kind of following on that is – because everything is, you know, in, in in this kind of globalized world, it's always about sales numbers. It's about profit, of course. Um, I think a lot of times this is also undermining the creativity, uh, especially when we talk about designers. Um, you know, I, I, we've both spoken to a number of design managers and they said, look, it's kind of we're asking for the guys to, deli- to develop something and to deliver something. Um, 
but maybe a lot of people don't want to do you know some stuff on the side anymore or you know some people are just not interested because the other projects that they're working on are so demanding um, but we all know that some of the best projects even on production levels um, have come out of side projects people that were just doodling around you know people just using an hour of the day and just doing some kind of stuff rather than working on uh, on, on all those kind of production models and I think that might be a little bit of an extra in that as well is, you know, the kind of way on like how to work and like, you know, the deliverings and you know, deliveries and, you know, key performance indicators uh-huh. and all these kind of, you know, fancy words in, the, in nowadays work culture. Yeah. Um, they have become much, much more important. And in the end, you know, let's be very, very honest for a lot of people design and a lot of companies in particular, uh, design is almost like an internal supplier. Uh-huh. Yeah. Um, I think, you know, oftentimes the respect for the design department is not given, uh, on on the level it should be. Uh, oftentimes, it's not on the same level as engineering. You know, uh, let's say IT, including all the software architecture and mm-hmm. so on and so on. Um, and maybe you know that's kind of holding a lot of people back with going this extra mile. You know, it's it's really that kind of situation to say, hey, how far do we want to go? You know, what is what is the kind of new thing that we want to do? Do we have you know uh, a little bit extra that we can you know do something new here or there, or you know put in put in a little bit of later evenings, like you know you check out with your card, but you stay on a little bit longer because you know a bunch of guys have have those kind of ideas, and uh, and that might be a little bit of the environment as well, but also of course, you know engineering packages and stuff like that. They've become you know. I don't want to say restrictive because I don't know. I think uh, it was Chris Bangle as well. It's just like, you know, you can be very, very creative in a very restrictive area. You just, you just need yeah. to want to do it. Don't find excuses, just do it. Um, right. And, uh, you know, it's very easy nowadays to say, it's like, oh yeah, but the package was crap. Yeah. You know, <laughs> it's just yeah, like, yeah. Uh, we hear that, we hear that quite often, but, you know, I, I, I want to challenge obviously here a little bit as well. So don't get me wrong. Everybody's listening to this, but you know, are you always asking yourself, you know, am I doing the best possible thing that I can do with the package that I have? Or is it just, you know, uh, I'm doing this because I'm used to doing that. And I think it's a little bit of a mix in between. Yeah. And, um, I'm going to be very, very curious to see who's going to be the first one to break that mold. Yeah. To really, and not break the mold and just like, you know, one car, but really set a new trend. Um, and I hope it's not going to be those SUV coupes uh, <laughs> that we that, yeah. <laughs> that we have seen oh. recently, because that's just a little bit of an you know it's it's an SUV just looking a little bit differently, but really something new. Maybe MPEVs can be something like that. Yeah. You know, uh, seven seaters again in the future. You know, kind of bringing them back to life. That's going to be really interesting. And I hope that um, you know we we will see some very very cool things coming out. Um, to to kind of get us out of this rut uh, because i think you know look at look into the audi i mean yeah everybody you know it's like oh cool it's an electric audi but in terms of design it's still same old same old you know it might be a little bit fresher in terms of details and stuff like that uh, and again i'm not i'm not asking for a revolution i'm asking for proper evolution you know um in 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 moving forward and um that's you know that's where i think it's going to be very, very interesting to see who's going to be the first one who can be a trendsetter. And maybe it is a Chinese company. Who knows? Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, just to kind of touch on a couple of things that you've said, I, I think very much it's there still is a divide within some companies where engineering is put forward or, you know, some other side of the business is pushed forward um, and delegating. Um, or, or indeed instructing design to do certain things, so whether it's marketing or engineering or whatever. Um, if you look at the companies that are really successful right now, um, they are the ones that allow design to have that kind of uh, space to breathe and to kind of influence then um, you know, certain aspects. of. I'm not saying design needs to be at the top of everything, I think there needs to be a clearer kind of design or strategy rather yeah. within these separate areas within a company where it's not one above the other, not one dictating certain things to another, um, or indeed, you know, it's a more of a collaborative effort into designing a vehicle that, and and indeed a a line of vehicles that is, um, you know, very harmonious in, in terms of like moving the, moving the yardstick forward. I think that's, that's really what's needed. 100% agree. And I think, 
uh, we would be very, very interested in obviously hearing in your opinion on that one. And of course, I mean, oh, the designers will always say like, yes, oh, we yes. never have enough freedom and stuff like that. But, you know, obviously share a little bit of your experience with, um, you know, with us mm -hmm. in those regards. And uh, yeah, so. Um, Absolutely. Yeah. I was, I was, I was about to say that because I mean, you know, we're, we're just two guys sharing our opinions over here. It's like, you know, we do see certain things going on in the world. Um, and you know, we're, we're in this, you know, as, uh, as much as anyone can be. Um, but it's important to also know that, you know, our viewpoints are exactly that, you know, it's, um, everyone's kind of thinking about ways to, um, improve and, you know, we're, we're, we're I'll be the first to say, I don't know everything <laughs> there's a lot of stuff I don't know, but I, you know, it's, it's always interesting to open up that, uh, that, uh, discourse and to have, uh, that conversation and see, you know, what it is, you know, I mean, please weigh in, let us know your thoughts, um, you know, on any of, t of these topics that we've discussed today, or indeed, if you have suggestions for something that you'd like to hear us discuss yeah. in the future, you know, um, by all means, you know, get in touch, let us know, you can hit up, hit us up on all the social media, your usual social media channels. And um, yeah, by all means, you know, do, uh, do participate, help us uh, engage yeah, in do. some conversation and, um, you know to kind of let's say you know we're already an hour in uh, you know it's like we, we always get over this kind of hour we're always aiming yeah. for just yeah. about an hour but it's always <laughs> a little bit more but um, just a few things yeah. um, from, from this perspective first of all you know new jobs that we have available at the moment uh, you know that if you are looking for something new feel free to apply um, I think the, the very, very strong in, you know, impact at the moment we see in uh, user interface, user experience, HMI design, we've talked about this a few weeks ago, still going very, very strong, especially for people within a column trim. Yeah, exactly. trim. And, you know, we can always repeat, 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 repeat interior. <laughs> Everything that is pretty much within the interior. Yes, that's right. Mostly exterior, or mostly interior rather. But, you know, we do have some exterior yeah. positions available as well. But, you know, most of everything that you've mentioned, of course, you know, um, we need some, uh, we'd like to speak to some, um, you know, uh, some experienced interior designers, um, also UI, UX designers and color and trim designers, because, uh, you know, again, moving on with this uh, personalization trend, it's something that is very much of the, of the, uh, of the time yeah. um and and that's uh that's what everyone is looking for and that's what we'd like to speak to some some candidates that are looking for um some roles and, and some positions in, exactly. in that area exactly in and, and a quick updates uh from my side because we spoke about uh our lovely charity auction uh in last in, in the last episode yeah of the Gestalten podcast. Um, the reason why it's not online yet, we're waiting for the approval because the charity in Germany needs to be approved to a certain kind of degree. Um, and it needs to be confirmed that the money is going in, uh, you know, to, uh, to where we want it to go. Uh, so we're waiting for that. This should come up in the next few days. Um, and as soon as that's obviously up, then we will share the link with all of you. And most excitingly, yes. I think, this is our uh, last episode before the Paris Motor Show. And we will actually be at the Paris Motor Show. We will be doing a podcast very, very likely on uh, the Wednesday of the Paris Motor Show. If that's going to be on site or if that's going to be like, you know, in our hotel or, you know, wherever we're going to stay, uh, that remains to be seen. But also, we will be doing some live videos. We will be doing some, uh, you know, maybe Facebook Live, Instagram Live, those kind of things uh, as well. So, you know, do follow us for the Paris Motor Show on social media accounts such as uh, Form Trends, which is on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, uh, LinkedIn. Uh, Eric, what, what else? What else do you have? Did I miss anything? <laughs> uh, no, I think you got you got the most of them. But um, I mean, we'll be doing that on, on Concept House accounts yes. as well. I mean, we'll be sharing content back and forth. Uh, we're just going to flood the internet with cool design stuff and. Uh, you know, pictures, uh, like you say, you know, we'll be doing some live videos from these events as well. Um, it's all going to be, yeah, very, uh, very <laughs> intense. <laughs> so do join us, do yes. join us for the ride. Um, and yeah, the podcast thing is still very much up in the air, but we will aim to get you something out um, ASAP from, from Paris because it's certainly going to be an interesting show, regardless of the fact that not many, um, you know, a, a very large amount, I should say, uh, manufacturers are, are choosing to sit this one out. 
um, it's still going to be a very interesting show without a doubt. And there's, there'll be a lot to talk about regardless. And we always find stuff to talk about yeah, anyways. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, it's going to be interesting to see that, but uh, if you have any special requests already up front for the Paris show, uh, or if you want to meet us, uh, we're going to be there on both press days. Um, yeah. so, um, and probably yeah. we'll be arriving on the first as well, which is the Monday, uh, and just kind of prepare everything for the Tuesday. So even, you know, if, if, if that is, uh, if that is something you have interest to you uh please do shoot us a message on social media such as you know um instagram twitter linkedin yep. you know whatever pretty much you can think of we are somewhere on there and um yeah, we'll respond we'll respond to you i mean i met up with somebody in italy yesterday uh you know just because he shot me in a message on instagram he happened to be in the same city i was so we met up for a beer it was really super cool so um yeah by all means you know drop us a line maybe we can see one another face to face it's always nice to uh to to meet you guys and um to to have a chat so um yeah just shoot us a line on any one of these social medias that you use uh likely you know we're on them and <laughs> you, we will uh we will yeah, get back and to you with that we are actually at the end of gestalten podcast it's episode eight yeah. um and um eric as always you know thanks for being part of this and um great pleasure yeah, you know It's good. And, uh, It's always good fun. And for, you know, fortunately, I do have to, I want to, I just want to add that we're not recording next week um, mm -hmm. because obviously, you know, in Munich, we, we have the Oktoberfest starting down, there, down here. So <laughs> as you can the imagine, Oct other priorities. <laughs> Oktoberfest season is very, very big down here. So um, Paris is going to be the next one that's almost at the end of Oktoberfest. So yeah, uh, we promise you we will be completely sober and <laughs> completely yes. back in shape after Oktoberfest, <laughs> after Oktoberfest season. So um, right. thanks for listening. Thanks, Eric, for, uh, you know, taking the time as well as always. And um, yeah, we, we will, you will hear actually from us in about a couple of weeks time uh, at or after the Paris Motor Show. Yep. So thanks, guys. Thanks again, Martin. And uh, you guys take care. We'll see you on the next one. Take care. Bye. Bye-bye.